Well, that's one way to kill the vibes even more. My thoughts on the Mariners' awful 14-9 loss to the Cubs coming up. Let's talk about it, and then let's just throw this game in the trash. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. This is Tidy Gonzalez for the Locked On Mariners postgame show brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash MLB60 and use promo code MLB60 for 60% off plus free shipping. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. Mariners lose in truly embarrassing fashion. No way around it. This was a disgusting gut-wrenching loss to witness 14 to 9 the final score from Wrigley Field Cubs beat the Mariners Cubs take this series over the Mariners and we'll have a chance to sweep tomorrow afternoon with Marcus Stroman on the bump we'll talk a little bit about that game towards the end of this show but before we get into the negatives because there were quite a few from tonight's loss yeah Colby's not here we wanted him to be here we're planning on him being here but unfortunately, he's unavailable to record because he has a real job to be at. We just ran out of time to record together tonight because this game just went on for what felt like forever in a day because of the high scoring affair, because of the awful pitching in this game. Um, so yeah, you're getting a rare tie solo show because we did promise you a post game show after this game, no matter what happened. And here I am at 11.49 p.m. on Tuesday night here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I needed a few minutes to decompress before hopping on the mics here because I'm pretty spicy tonight, not gonna lie. And why the hell wouldn't I be? Because this, this sucked. This was terrible. This game was awful. Um, I feel very similarly to the way that I did after that Mariners blow up in Kansas city late last season. I'm sure we all unfortunately remember that game. Uh, to me, playoffs aside, that was the worst loss of 2022 for the Mariners. And this game tonight was, it's very early, but the worst loss of 2023 so far for the Mariners. And it couldn't have come at a worse time because the Mariners really needed a game the the way that this one was shaping up to look uh after the first inning and a half they were up seven to nothing the bats were dominating they forced cub starter hayden wisneski out of this game after an inning and a third pitched now only two of their seven uh runs scored were considered earned because there was some sloppy defense from chicago which was really nice to see considering the fact that the Mariners have typically been the ones with the mental gaffes so far this season. So it was nice to see some issues on the other end for what seems like the first time all year. I know it hasn't been, but uh, it's been pretty few and far between. But don't worry, because the Mariners made up for that and, and some 
a little later on in this game, thanks in large part to Chris Flexen, who you could just tell from the beginning wasn't the same guy that we saw last Wednesday against the Angels. Even in the first inning, which was his only scoreless inning of the night, he threw 18 pitches, got ahead of a couple of guys, but wasn't really throwing quality strikes and had a really tough time putting guys away. Uh, but he did get out of it unscathed. But, you know, he gets a 7-0 lead, comes out for the second, and you could start to see it really unravel for Flexen. He allows the first two runners to get aboard, uh, induces a double play, which did stop the bleeding a bit, but a run did come across on an infield single by Jan Gomes. Colton Wong tried to make a nice play up the middle, uh, but Gomes outran uh, the ball uh, and was safe at first. Uh, but Flexen was able to get out of it. Uh, Mariners didn't score in the top half of the third, and then uh, it all fell apart for Flexen. It was rough to watch uh, because the the guy just could not get anyone out. Just couldn't do it. He was missing the strike zone by a mile, and when he was able to find the strike zone, he was catching way too much plate, and the Cubs did some significant damage uh, to him. Uh, Trey Mancini kicked things off with a two-run home run to dead center. Uh, and you could kind of see at that point that seven runs wasn't going to be enough for the Mariners because on top of Flexen's issues, the ball was also traveling really well tonight in Chicago. Fairly warm night in Chicago. Wind was blowing out towards the walls, um, which, of course, helped Eugenio Suarez hit his first home run of the season as well. Um, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't put all the blame on Chris Flexen, though. I know that sounds wild to say at face value, but that's because I, Ty Dan Gonzalez, host of the Lockdown Mariners podcast, uh, am going to be critical of Scott Service for the second night in a row because, you know, to be fair to him, he obviously found himself in a pretty tough position tonight considering that the bullpen has been taxed over the last two games and he really needed Flexen to throw innings tonight. Um, but Flexen showed you who he was tonight very early on, and he proved to you that it wasn't going to get any better. It just wasn't. You could see it coming from a mile away. But Service, as he's done time and time again in his Mariners tenure, waited far too long to yank him. Uh, he didn't even really get the bullpen moving until it was too late. and. He ends up not pulling Flexen until the Mariners completely lost their grip of this game. You have a guy in Jose Rodriguez who you just selected the contract of who hasn't pitched in a few days uh, since his last time out in Tacoma and is someone that can eat multiple innings and has done so down in Tacoma. And yeah, you don't necessarily want to put a, a guy in his major league debut in a situation like that, but you weren't going to get much better out of Flexen, and that proved to be the case here. It's just a, it's a, it's a bad decision on service. There's no way around it. Uh, and it, re it reminds me of the second game of the season when, you know, Robbie Ray was really struggling against the Guardians, and, you know, as we found out, he was dealing with a flexor strain in his throwing arm, and he just could not find the strike zone whatsoever, and it was just not getting better. It was getting progressively worse, and his velocity was starting to tick down. And service still tried to push the envelope with him 
and had him face Stephen Kwan for a third time because of the lefty-lefty matchup because that matters. And it came back to bite him. And this, once again, came back to bite him with his patience with, with Flexen, his undeserved patience with Flexen. Again, I, I know that you needed Flexen to chew up some innings tonight, but you just weren't going to win with him. And I felt that you found that out pretty early, well before it was eight to seven Cubs, well before it was even seven to four Mariners. He showed you who he was going to be tonight, and you ignored the signs once again. And so as much of the blame falls on Chris Flexen, it also needs to fall on Scott's service tonight for that. And at, at, after, after that point, after they end up going down 9-7, entering the fourth inning, you know, Jerry Kelnick follows things up with a home run. We're going to talk about Kelnick in a little bit. But this offense had its soul sucked out of its body. It was very clear. The, the bats, for the most part, were pathetic the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the night. And as much as it, like, as much of a bad look as it is for the mental fortitude of this team, I also don't really blame them because you put up nine runs or seven runs at the time. You should be able to win that game and vibes are not really at a high right now. So for this team, so it's going to be easy for this team to kind of get down on itself. Now, you know, that's, that could also be a little bit reflective of of Scott service who is widely regarded as uh, one of the best culture builders in baseball. And I truly, I truly believe that. And I do think that Scott Service is a good manager, even if just for that fact alone. Um, there are a lot of in-game things that he does that I completely disagree with on a philosophical level. But also, name me a manager whose fan base doesn't complain about him on an almost nightly basis. So that goes both ways. But again, you know, Service deserves a lot of blame here. Flexen deserves a lot of blame here. The bullpen deserves a lot of blame here because... Diego Castillo wasn't good tonight. Uh, Jose Rodriguez, who ended up pitching after all, he ends up giving three earned run, giving up three earned runs. Trevor Gott gave up his first earned run of the season after taking over for, uh, for Flexen. Just wasn't a good night at all for this pitching staff, which, you know, is supposed to be the strength of this team. It's supposed to be the thing that carries this team, not the offense, considering the way that the offense has been built. And that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, but, the offense did its job, though, at the end of the day. I mean, well, let me rephrase that. It did what it needed to do in order to win a game. Because when you score seven, eight, nine runs, you you typically win a baseball game. That's usually how these things work. But this was, of course, one of those rare, icky instances of blowing a big lead, which is going to happen once or twice every single season for every team not just the Mariners every team has a night like this or a couple of nights like this every single season it just that's it's just baseball weird things happen pitching staffs just kind of fall apart all at once it's just it is what it is um doesn't make me feel any better though I don't expect that to make you feel any better at all um but that's just the the nature of things and hopefully I mean the the positive spin on this, I guess, is hopefully they've gotten this out of their system now, that we're not going to experience another night like this this season. 
who knows maybe i'm speaking too soon there is of course a uh, long long season ahead of us as i've reminded you guys ad nauseum over the last week or so but uh yeah hopefully we don't have to go through something like this again fingers crossed um now let's all collectively push the uh the bad vibes aside because as a eugenio suarez would say good vibes only uh, and damn it i am going to make sure that you leave here at least on a little bit of a positive note so we're going to talk about some of the positives from this offense because again you scored nine runs there are going to be some positives despite how tough this loss was so we're going to talk about that in just a moment but real quick a reminder this episode of locked on mariners is brought to you by so rare our new sponsor so rare is a revolutionary fantasy baseball game and marketplace transforming fans into owners with officially licensed digital cards featuring players from across all 30 major league baseball teams unlike other fantasy baseball platforms so rare managers truly own their fantasy experience collecting buying selling and competing with player cards against global opponents to win epic rewards win or lose you still own your cards and there's no cost to play plus Plus, the more you win, the more you advance, collecting increasingly powerful cards and accessing next-level competitions and rewards. MLB game weeks happen twice weekly and span a three- to four-day cycle, and at the end of game weeks, so rare MLB managers who rank at or near the top of their leaderboards win a variety of rewards, which can include so rare scarcity cards, game tickets, merchandise, signed jerseys, and VIP experiences like meeting MLB stars like Seattle Mariners center fielder Julio Rodriguez. Prizes may vary depending on the competition head to so rare.com slash locked on that's spelled s-o-r-a-r-e.com to draft your team of free player cards set your lineup and start competing today to win epic rewards again that's so rare.com slash locked on to start playing today and you're listening to the locked on mariners post game show thank you again for making us your first listen after the mariners 14 to 9 loss in the north side of chicago and before we get into the positives uh, the few positives for the Mariners in tonight's loss, uh, because like I said, there are some positives to go over, some really nice positives, actually, including Jarek Helnick. Uh, I want to tell you about something positive that we're doing over here at the Locked On Mariners podcast. Now, as I'm sure uh, most of you who listen to us on a daily um, routine uh, know by now, or on a daily basis, I don't know why I couldn't think of the word basis. It's It's now 1241 because just to make it clear take a peek behind the curtain here i've had some technical issues because it's obviously it's a lockdown mariners podcast we're gonna have some technical issues but as some of you uh may know by now uh we're running a little fundraiser with feeding america which provides meals to those in need food insecurity impacts 34 million americans with 9 million of those being children, and we're hoping to take a bite out of that a little bit here with this fundraiser. We initially set a goal of $500, which, thanks to the deals that uh, Feeding America has with uh, wholesalers, would equal 5,000 meals, 10 cents per meal. Um, and we thought that was a pretty lofty goal, but you guys shattered that, which was incredible because you guys have been incredible throughout this whole process. And we are now, as of the last time that I checked, around 4,800, which is 48,000 meals. That's incredible. But we don't want to stop there. This fundraiser does not end until the end of April. So we have plenty of time to get us to 5K and hopefully to 10K because 
as Colby has told you guys over the last few days, I have agreed to get a tattoo somewhere on my body of my choice because I don't trust you guys to pick out the tattoo. I'm not giving you guys that much power. I don't, I don't trust y'all. But I will get a tattoo. And I'm leaning towards chills, which, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw, but Mariners PR tweeted the word chills today from their account. Just, just saying, just putting that out there. Uh, but I'm, I'm looking to put the word chills somewhere on my body uh, if we get to 10K donated. So if you want to see that happen, go to our donation link. It's in the description of the show, whether you're watching or listening to it. And if you don't have the means to donate, you can still help out by subscribing to the show because Colby and I are donating a meal per subscription that we get between the time that we started this fundraiser around opening day till the end of April. And we're going to be making that donation at the end of all of this. And uh, yeah, so a subscription is pretty much just as good as a donation. If you're already subscribed, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell anyone you want to to come subscribe to the Locked On Mariners podcast here on YouTube. And uh, their subscription will essentially count towards a meal for someone that could really, really use a hot plate on a nightly basis. Using the word basis again. Uh, so yeah, so with that out of the way, let's get to the positives of the Mariners tonight. And there's no other way that we can start this than by talking about Jared Kelnick, who was once again sensational at the plate uh, for the third day in a row. He goes two for three tonight with a solo home run in the uh, top of the fourth inning to make it 9-8 to eight at the time. That was incredibly impressive. I want to talk about that in just a second. Um, he also had a double that almost cleared the wall, so he almost had a two-home run night. He also had a couple of walks. And the really interesting thing about his double and the home run is that, and maybe this is a glitch on Baseball Savant, but I'm looking at it right now, and... <laughs> They both registered at the same exact exit velocity, which is a lot more rare than you would think because they use decimal points. Like these are very exact numbers. You don't typically see the same exact exit velocity in the same game, let alone from the same player. But they have both the double and the home run at 107.2 miles per hour. It's crazy, right? Um, as for the home run, a 94 mile per hour fastball on the bottom outside corner. Uh, from Michael Rucker, I believe his name is. Yeah, Michael Rucker. Uh, and Kelnick drives it to one of the deepest parts of Wrigley Field. Um, kind of left center, almost dead center. Just a ridiculous home run from Kelnick, which friend of the show, Jason Churchill, prospect insider, said is the most impressive highlight of Kelnick's career. And I tend to agree because Kelnick isn't doing that with that pitch last year. He's just not. We're seeing growth. This is, this is growth. That's exactly what we saw tonight. We saw Jerry Kelnick do something that he just straight up wouldn't have done if this were six months ago, seven months ago. It's incredibly impressive. And this is now going beyond what he's done with regards to plate discipline he's doing special things with the pitches that he should be doing special things with. We're really seeing Kelnick's talent come to fruition here right before our eyes. He's now hitting 333 on the year with a 1041 OPS 
uh, here in the early going. Obviously, very small sample size. I also posted some batted ball and plate discipline uh, data uh, from both his 2021 and 22, uh, 2022 seasons combined. So his first 558 plate, plate appearances in comparison to his uh, first 32 plate appearances of this season heading into tonight's game. Uh, I can't throw this up on the screen because of the way that I'm recording tonight, unfortunately. Sorry for the inconvenience, but I'll try to read these off and hopefully you're able to keep up. Um, so in his first two years, he registered a hard hit rate of 37.9%. Uh, that was at 60 heading into this game, and I'm, that's going to go up because of tonight. That's obviously inflated because of the early season. That's not always going to be 60%. That's ridiculous. Um, so that one doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Some of these other other numbers, though, I think uh, will kind of look similar as we go over the course of the season, like contact percentage. He's making more contact this season, 77.4% of the time compared to 73.3% in his first two seasons. Uh, he's also making more contact on pitches in the strike zone, 83.8% heading into tonight's game compared to 81.8% in 2021 and 2022. Uh, his zone swing rate right now, he's actually taking more pitches inside the zone at the moment, or at least heading into tonight's game, 61.7% on his zone swing rate uh, thus far this season uh, compared to 69.1% uh, in his first two years. Uh, he's chasing just a little bit less outside of the zone. You know, the strikeout numbers have still been fairly high uh, this year. 31.3% uh, on the chase rate uh, or outside zone swing rate um, uh, thus far this year compared to 32.3% in his first two years. He's also taking more balls uh, so far. 38.5% heading into tonight's game compared to 35.9% in 2021 and 2022. Uh, whiff rate is... Uh, Pretty significantly down, just 10% flat uh, compared to 12.8% in uh, his first two years. Barrel percentage has been low so far this year. Entering tonight's game, he was at 5%. I'm sure that went up because, I mean, he cranked the hell out of those uh, two balls tonight. I'm sure he got the barrel on those balls and that he's going to register a barrel on those balls. So that should go up uh, from the 5%. He was at 11% in his first two years. Average exit velocity also significantly up heading into this game and it's going to be a lot higher uh after those 170 uh, 107 <laughs> 170 wow uh, 107 mile per hour balls that he hit tonight uh but 92.8 uh average exit velocity uh, heading into tonight's game compared to an 87.1 mark uh in his first two years so just really great stuff from jerry kelnick so far it's that's a very small sample size to to be clear to be fair but uh still um just we're we're seeing some growth out of Kelnick, some undeniable growth out of Kelnick. And, and as for, you know, moving him up in the lineup, all that stuff, because I know that's been a question from, from you guys. For me, I'm I'm not doing anything with Kelnick. I don't want to mess with his routine. Um and you are still getting some, you know, good contributions out of the top of your lineup, like Ty France, like A. Eugenio Suarez. Uh, Tay Oscar Hernandez seems to be turning things around. He was one for five today with an RBI single, but he had three hard hit balls. Seems like the bat's starting to turn the corner there. Um, I just don't think that you really need to to force the issue there. And I just don't want to do anything that, that messes with 
Kelnick's uh, routine right now. I don't want to get him out of his headspace at the moment, or I don't want to do anything that risks getting him out of that headspace. I just want him to to focus on w- what he's doing right now and focus on being him and being the best version of of Jared Kelnick that he can be right now. Uh, and we can have that discussion in a couple weeks uh, if it's you know time to move him up the lineup. And they've they've kind of gradually moved him up the lineup. We've seen him hit you know six. Uh, we've seen him I think hit five. Uh, a couple times this season so uh, they are doing that a little bit but I don't think that they need to do anything as drastic as moving him up one two in the lineup right now um but uh you know we'll see if if he keeps swinging it like this yeah we definitely do need to have that conversation but it's also still very early on that you know a couple games can happen and then his numbers you know because of how early it is and just how stats work at the beginning of the season his numbers could you know look a lot worse than they they do right now in the blink of an eye so let's just wait and see on it but uh we're we're seeing some great stuff out of jared right now and it's uh it's pretty awesome it's just it's unfortunate that uh it's coincided with the uh one of the worst stretches so far of the early season for the mariners but uh but yeah uh, a couple quick shout outs uh to cal raleigh uh in thai france raleigh was two for five he was one of the guys that his at bats it just kind of looked like his heart wasn't in it after the fourth inning uh but the first two at bats that he had uh, a couple singles. He's hitting for some average here to start the year. 743 OPS overall to to start the year. Uh, 250 average. Um, Ty France, three-hit game for him as well. A couple of ribs. Uh, he also walked. His average is up to 346. Uh, 923 OPS. He's second on the team behind Jared Kelnick in that category. Uh, just one hard-hit ball for France tonight. Um and, uh, you know, I, I, I know I promised you guys that, that we would be hashtag positive here, but uh, what's going on with Julio, man? Another 0 for 5 night tonight. His average is down to 241. Had a couple of hard hit balls, including one that was uh, to start the game that was robbed by Trey Mancini. It was like 112 off the bat and resulted in an out. It was actually the hardest hit ball of the entire game uh, between the both uh, between the two teams and uh it was an out uh but still uh, just seeing julio chase a bit and not really doing any damage with uh the the cookies that he's getting it's just uh not not a good time for for julio he's not in a great spot right now hopefully he gets out of that sooner rather than later because they do need him uh it's not going to be every night that they get you know production like this out of uh their other guys so they need julio to be a driving force there and he's just not really doing that at the moment um but overall again like i said it's been um it was a pretty good night for the offense despite how rough it looked after the blow up uh a lot of this is being carried of course by those first two innings but uh you know it's certainly a lot better than uh <laughs> what we had seen out of this offense uh so far this season or for the most part this season so i will take it to be sure all right so uh before we hop off of here i want to talk a little bit about tomorrow's game and then i'll send you on your way it is almost one in the morning here (laughs) as i'm trying to crawl to the finish line on this recording of course this wouldn't be simple i couldn't just record the show and go on my merry way no there had to be some issues with my macbook of course uh before we uh before we transition, though, I want to tell you folks about FanDuel. 
Uh, Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen after the Mariners 14-9 loss to the Cubs. So the Mariners find themselves in a very disadvantageous position heading into tomorrow's series finale, which we're also planning on having a post-game show for. And uh, Colby should be present for that one. Uh, Cubs are going to be throwing uh, Marcus Stroman out there, and uh, Stroman has yet to give up a run this season. Uh, Mariners will be countering with Logan Gilbert, who has seen his velocity dip in both of his starts and pretty significantly in his last start. There was some concern, if you remember, that he was potentially hurt uh, following that start because he was finding his fastball in the 90 to 91 mile per hour range. Uh, But he is set to make his start tomorrow. And uh, it's, it's hard to feel positive heading into this game I, again i i know i was i told you i was gonna try to leave you on a positive note here but uh it's it's very hard to find the positives right now because again vibes are at a, a low right now for this team especially after this game and after getting walked off in two consecutive games the two nights before morale is not going to be very high heading into this game and then you know Stroman's a good pitcher i don't expect the mariners to score nine runs you know um i hope they do but i don't expect it uh it's gonna be tough uh for them to uh to string together some hits off of stroman uh who doesn't give up a lot and uh and to actually get guys across the plate here uh gilbert's got to be good gilbert you know we we need to see i mean first of all we need to see logan gilbert eat some innings tomorrow because this bullpen needs it and i would assume that we're going to see at least one, maybe two, maybe even three, but probably one or two at most uh, relievers make their way over from Tacoma to give these guys a blow because they could really use it. Uh, this bullpen has been significantly overused over the last three days. Um, they just need better support from their rotation and they need one of their better guys here to show up. Uh, so... Hopefully Gilbert's velocity is back where it needs to be, and uh, hopefully he has some feel for his secondaries. The The curveball was not present at all in his last start against the Guardians. He was spiking that thing. It was not a viable offering for him, uh, but maybe the splitter, maybe the uh, slider, hopefully one of those, at least one of those, shows up tomorrow because uh yeah the mariners are going to need a quality start out of logan gilbert or they're probably staring down the barrel of a sweep their first sweep on the wrong side of it uh this season uh which would be unideal to say the least so hoping for the best hoping to get a win here and head back to seattle with some sense of good vibes it's still 
going to be a little bit tough to shake the the nasty feeling of the last three games and particularly tonight. Uh, but a, but winning, as they say, does heal all wounds. So we'll catch you after the game tomorrow to talk about that. Hopefully we are talking about a win because it would be nice to do one of these post-game shows without being super down in the dumps. But uh, that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. I've been your host, Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And my co-host Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well at Lockdown Mariners. That's one word, Lockdown Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen now for your second listen check out locked on fantasy baseball win your league by listening to matt and dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies it's free and available wherever you get your podcast just like us part of the locked on podcast network your team every day and with that have yourself a beautiful baseball day and we'll see you after the game tomorrow peace